Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Redoctopus Cephala Podcast. That is the only show for those of you keeping score that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. As always, we are brought to you tonight by Deadly Grounds Coffee, coffee to die for. And we are part of the Dorkening Podcast Network and the Inebriart Podcast Network as well. Both of those cool networks we just happen to still be a part of every single time. We like to remind you of that because they're cool and we're cool and uh, everybody's it's a cool fest. It's all cool. Um, so tonight uh, we have an episode of The Brig and uh, and inside those dank walls, those scary, sketchy walls downstairs, uh, we have a pretty cool guest. I, uh, I'm excited to get to talk to her. I don't know her that well, and I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, I do like to mention um sadly uh we are we are without nintendo and 8-bit alchemy tonight they are both on mission uh they're actually uh they're on sabbatical actually right now on the planet of junk and uh yes that is a planet full of hoo-hahs and tatas and uh peepees and wee-wees in case you thought it was just uh you know pieces of, of spaceships um it's actually not it's the it's the other kind of junk and they're just, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, I actually am hoping they don't report back. But for the evening, uh, I'll, I'll be your host. Uh, my name's Parasite Steve. And uh, tonight, locked, locked downstairs, we have author, screenwriter, educator, and poet, a very impressive lady, Elle Marie Wood, a.k.a. Lisa, to her friends. Lisa, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> You know, I, I hope it's comfy down there for you. You know, back when Nicole Givens Kurtz was on, uh, I actually threw some uh, some like pillows down there to make it a little bit homey. Um, nice. So I wanted to outdo that. Uh, if you just turn the lights on, it would be better. Well, so, well, you know, so let me explain the chaise. OK, like the chaise, you know, I, I found it, it was on the side of the road. Uh, I thought it didn't smell that bad. So I, I, I wanted to bring it down there for you and. You know, unfortunately, as I said, my co-hosts just aren't around. So I had to drag it down there myself. One of the feet broke. So if you're if you're trying to balance there on it and it's it's a little wonky, uh, I think Josh Neelis left a stack of cutthroat comics from last time he was in there. So you might want to might want to just shove those under that broken foot, maybe <laughs> balance it out. I'll use those, but I can't see them. <laughs> if you turn the light on, it might be easier. For okay, me hold, to hold on a second. Let me, uh, let me just, um, there. <laughs> um, so much better. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Uh, my apologies on that. So, uh, yeah, before we get too far into the silliness, I do want to rattle off just a little tiny sliver of how impressive you are. You've written numerous novels and novellas, including The Realm its sequel, Cacophony, The Tryst, Telecommuting, The Promise Keeper, and Crescendo, as well as many short stories and screenplays, a few poems, and you've personally won literally more awards than I thought existed. I can't possibly mention them all. Uh, there's just so many. <laughs> it's on your, on your website, uh, you have a comprehensive, I assume it's, comp I hope it's comprehensive, my God. But at this point, maybe you're like, ah, it's fine. I don't need to live. I'm in the 40s. I don't need to keep putting them up. Uh, but it's 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 very, very impressive. So um, I just wanted to toot your horn there a little bit. Thank you. Thank you. Because I'm not, I can't, I can't say any of those things out loud. Why? Just make me, I don't know. It's weird. I just, 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying really hard and it's working out since then. It doesn't always work out. I mean, I just lost something two nights ago, but you know, every now and then it does work out and it's kind of neat. And so when, when I, you know, someone else says it, I'm sitting back going, wow, I did do kind of, wow, I did that too. Wow. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't, I'm just, see, I'm churning out the work because it's, it's there. And I just kind of feel like, you know, that's finished. Okay. I edited that now put something else out time to work on something else. And so it's just a constant, you know, um, cycle of, of working. And sometimes I don't look up and I don't know, see what's happened, but yeah, thank you for that. Cause I don't always see it. <laughs> no problem. Hey, you make it easy. This is uh, I'm looking at it right now, actually. So at the, at the list of awards, I mean, uh, so basically, so I'm curious, I'm always, I've always been curious uh, to how, how is it, that people get so many awards, you know, is, is this something that you actively are entering your stuff into? Is that mm-hmm. part of the process or is, is you, do these places find you? Like, how does, it, no. how does it work? Yeah. You can't wait for that. I used to think that people would find me too. And it, it doesn't actually happen that way. And that's a lesson that you really do learn. And if you don't learn it for a long time, you feel under, I don't want to say underappreciated, but I can't think of another word, but it's not that no one knows you're there. <laughs> they just don't see you. Right. So for film festivals, you have to submit your work. You just have to, or else they're not, you know, because, and there's so many people. I mean, I, I have more, more frequently than not uh, submitted to international festivals. So we're talking about the whole world is submitting to these different locations. So nobody, they, they don't, they're not like needing work to be, you know, reviewed. They don't need anything. You are the one needing them, if you will. So yeah, you have to go out and submit. Sometimes in the publishing world, your publisher will submit a work for an award, but even then sometimes you have to seek them out. So yeah, you really have to stay on top of it and look around and, you know, you do yourself better favor to find those things and wait for someone to look for you. It's very cool. Um, you know, and I see one of your novels, uh, The Promise Keeper, won the Golden Stake Award in 2019, which is just such a such a cool freaking award. Um, so that's International Vampire Film and Arts Festival. Uh-huh. What a what a fun, what a fun uh, feather in your cap that is. The um, whole thing was so much fun. I can't even tell you because yeah. They're immersed. Like it was the 200th uh, anniversary of the first vampire novel ever. So they were all in. Is that that Carmilla? Say again? Is that Carmilla? No, no. John Polidori's the vampire. The vampire. I say vampire because I feel like being fancy, but vampire. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And he, I mean, people were, and it was, um, the people were dressed up all day. And, you know, the presentations are academic presentations and the, but with blood and gore. And then you have readings that are full of blood and gore. And it was just fantastic. You know, I, <laughs> I was dressed in my normal t-shirt and, you know, I think I might have had a maxi skirt on. So I looked relatively normal and regular and boring compared to the, the beautiful black lace that was coming into the <laughs> everything. And I kept thinking I should have dressed up a little for this. And I did dress up for the award, which is an actual golden stake with blood on the end. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. This like, so um, just, just for the record, I also am a vampire author. In fact, we happen to be uh, in a, in a book together, the two of us, yes, we, we, yep. we are, we are actually both in slay tales. You know, I always want to say tales, it's slay stories of vampire noir. Yep. Um, and we had, um, and that was put out by Mocha Memoirs Press. We had Nicole Givens Kurtz on. We had uh, five other authors from that that did readings on an episode of, of The Brig. And awesome. uh, that was pretty fun. We were uh, having a good time celebrating that. But you were not on that episode. I wasn't. So you. I'm trying to think of why that was. I, I think it was a scheduling conflict and I couldn't do it that night. Okay. I didn't want to hold anybody up. So I just backed out. Because all, hey, all I'm saying is uh, Nicole handled all that. So she, mm-hmm. she, she gave me the names. And uh, so we're, <laughs> we're going to just blame Nicole. I don't, I don't know uh, anything about that, but, um, but that was, <laughs> that was really a, a fun episode. And, uh, and so it's, it's cool to have you on here tonight. And, and we're not here to talk about Slay. We're here to talk about your new one, which is also tearing it up two awards already. And I am talking about a project called the black hole and I say project because this is a two-pronged attack project. Mm-hmm. This is a multimedia project where you released it as a novella, but also as a screenplay. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's that cool is because so cool. Yeah, right. It's you never see it. that. Yeah, right. Never. I just keep thinking you never see that kind of thing. So why not do something different? Right. I mean, I don't know. I just kind of feel like you know I'm in this whole writing game to have a good time, and I enjoy writing. You know, I enjoy what comes out onto the page, and um, I like seeing unique presentations. And so. I wrote the short story a while ago. And for me, when I say short story, you know how the lengths are so here or there. I mean, like for me, a short story is literally a short story. <laughs> so, but most people call that flash fiction. And that's what I used to think it was up to a thousand words. It seems to be getting extended to 1500 words. Doesn't matter. I live in that space between like 750 and 1250. And I like it there when I okay. write short fiction, right? Um, I don't have a whole lot of what, what people consider short stories, which in my mind are pretty doggone long because they go from like 1500 words to almost 7,500 words or something it's like really uh, long to me. Well, I think you can technically have like a 20,000 words short story because the next thing up from there is a novelette. And that I um, think that's a novelette, what you just said. I've always heard, and that's the beauty of it, right? There's no science to this thing. Right. I've always heard that a novelette was like, I don't know, uh, 7,500 words to 15,000 words. And then from there, you have a novella, blah, blah, blah. It's a long story that's not actually a novel. Mm-hmm. So either way, <laughs> I um, don't normally write them that long, right? Okay. And I, I, but I wrote The Black Hole and it was pretty doggone long, <clears throat> like over 10,000 words. And for me, that's like, by then I've usually decided to just write a novel. So I wrote this thing and it was nice. I liked it. And then a little while later, I said, I wonder if I would really enjoy this as a screenplay. So I wrote the screenplay as well. And it came out as a feature length, like a full length movie, 90 minutes, more than 90 minutes, 100 minutes, you know. And so I said, wow, I mean, what a unique, you know, that I could do. I didn't think I've never like looked at a, a, at that point. I've done it since. But at that point, I hadn't looked at a short story and said, hey, what if I extended this into something, you know, visual? And I started subbing out and I said, let's see what happens, you know, (laughs) let's find out. And I put the screenplay into the festival circuit. I had already been in the festival circuit with a different one. And so I kind of knew, was learning the ropes and I kind of knew where to go at that point. And it started winning. And I'm like, you're kidding me, right? I mean, because I'm always, I'm still very floored when things like that happen because you don't think anybody, I don't know, for me, I'm like, I like it. Maybe they'll like it. (laughs) So when someone you know, I win an award, um, an international screenplay award. I'm kind of floored by that. So when Black Hole won the first one, um, it won best Afrofuturism. Uh, what is that? It's long. Afrofuturism, horror. Is it science? Sci-fi. Sci-fi. Is it all of it? Yeah. It's like yeah, Afrofuturism, it's... horror, and sci-fi, like best of those screenplays. You and got I was it. like, yeah, are, you are you kidding? Are you kidding? And what was really neat is when you got in that festival, when you got to the finalist level, they do a table read of all of the ones that are competing for the final award. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I got the chance to listen to my words like come to life. And it was awesome. It was like those are the moments when you're like, yeah, I'm a filmmaker. I'm doing this forever. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. So, yeah, it was great. Coolest. It was really, really cool. And then I won this really beautiful, remember that picture we saw on Facebook with that red one? Yes. It's like, it's like I got this red award. Well, it's not only red, it's like crystal. It's and like a crystal like, with a red base. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's gorgeous. Whatever. I was looking for that picture today and mm-hmm. I couldn't find it. Did you take it down? No, it's just on, buried, on, I guess. Huh. Because I scrolled there. all the way down to December twice. Are you serious? I, yeah. Oh, no, I didn't I'm like, maybe I missed it. And then I don't know. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't because unless it, unless you have a personal page and a author page, and I was on the wrong one. Maybe that's what I. You might have been. I and you <clears> know <throat> what? It never went on the author page because okay. you know when I do talk about like myself, I told you I don't, I don't say much. So you saw it on my personal page. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. I yell and scream and act silly with my friends, and I try not to. I don't know. I don't know why I don't do toot my own horn. I really. I've never. I never have. You need to, you need to, I mean, (sighs) it's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, nobody likes to do it. Well, some people do, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, you you know, 
you're you're i can't give you advice though i mean my god you're you're doing everything right clearly so so what do i know you're, you're just just clam up just keep doing whatever you're doing it's amazing yeah, right, you have almost it. two dozen awards on this page here i think you have 23 if i counted right oh, um man. that's that's unbelievable wow. so two of them for the black hole mm -hmm. um congratulations on that that was such a great picture of you with that award um <laughs> Just the look on your face, and and that's your twenty third. <laughs> uh, They're awesome. all. They, it doesn't feel like that. I can tell you, you know, that every. I'm genuinely stunned when something happens like that. Yeah. Because it's not. I like. I said I like the work, and I hope other people like it. And I'm like, wow, they actually did like it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I don't think you got to hope that much anymore. Lisa, I, do, I think, though. I think that keep, that's what keeps you going, though, yeah. because I think if you sit back and you think, yeah, I'm a jam, I got then you're, you're, now you're resting on your laurels and you're, you're right, you're you right. producing anything fresh. So, yeah, I'm happy that I'm genuinely stunned. And you can see that in that picture. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It was a, just such a genuine, awesome picture. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the story of the black hole and uh, yeah. what it's all about? The black hole is interesting in that it's one, it's realistic horror, which is not something I normally write. You know, I'm psychological horror, like almost exclusively, but yeah. this is, and, and I, yeah, I mean, I use real life, but twist it, but this is like something like this could physically happen. Right. So this group of guys, um, they end up, you know, from office politics and bantering. And when we used to have offices, right. I'm hoping things go back to that at some point for people, but they would yep. have these discussions. In home the office, room. home office politics involves. Cats. Yeah. Listen, my, my cats snore too much and they fall asleep way too early. They're not mm -hmm. pulling their weight. I, <laughs> okay. They're just not. Uh, I tell them if they're not, as long as they don't stop on the keyboard, mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's a good day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get the one who wants the window open and it will just continue to hit his face on it. I'm like, would you stop it? Would you stop it? <laughs> He can like duck his head under and look out if he wants to, but he's obnoxious and he just makes that sound. So it clanks every five seconds. I'm like this cat anyway. So <laughs> Office politics. Oh, my 2022. God. Goodness. So, yeah, I mean, they, these two guys had a discussion and they, oh, well, you know, whatever, I'll play you in this, whatever, just besting each other, if you will. And so they have this paintball game set up on the weekend. So the difference is it's it's a white employee and a black employee and they're going back and forth about it so the black employee brings his friends and they were all black and the and, and, and initially that wasn't the point but it worked out that way so hey they get out there and they're playing paintball and the but it's not paintball so they think it's paintball but it doesn't end up being paintball and they end up being prey so they have to run for their lives almost immediately <laughs> <laughs> they think they're out there playing like the paintball version of capture the flag and it does not end up that way oh gotcha mm -hmm. so it's like a little bit of the uh most dangerous game sort of a theme in there yes very much so and <clears throat> pardon me what's interesting about that <clears throat> is i had been playing paintball uh right before i wrote the short story and i played in october right and i don't know if you played that have you ever played paintball before I've never played paintball, but um, I will mention that uh, I've been together with my wife for 18 years. Uh -huh. And last weekend, she randomly was like, yeah, I've, uh, I really want to go play paintball. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, who, who the hell are you? And she's Where like, she's like, what do you mean? I can't want to play paintball. I'm like, um, you can totally want to play paintball. I'm just saying it's been 18 years and this is the first inkling. <laughs> uh, you okay? Yeah. So okay. no, uh, we, we, we were never a paintball couple, but uh, <laughs> I've never played or anything. Um, well, tell, tell me about it. It's, it's curious because we weren't either, but, and we, and we're definitely not now. Like, right. It was not, it was an interesting experience. And some of it like is in the story because it was really kind of interesting, but it's October and it's chilly now. Right. And so we're out there 
And the team we played against was ready. They had smoke bombs, which happens in the book too. They had smoke bombs and sidearms instead of just the paintball gun. They had like a paintball sidearm and they had like walkies, like, or not even, but it wasn't walkie talkies. It was like in your ear, like Bluetooth sort of communication. Oh my God. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I was like, why is this so intense? And my friend and I grew up with her. And we were out there laughing because it was she and I were the only women. It's just a bunch of guys. Like the rest, the whole other team was full of guys. And her and I, our husbands, and like five other guys. And we were like, look at this. This is nonsense. What is happening? But, but <laughs> the paintballs didn't break because they were cold. Oh, so it was like a rock. And you just felt like, oh my God, this hurts now. And then, so because you do, it doesn't necessarily break every single time, no one knows that they hit you. So like if you paintball bursts on you, then you're obviously out, get out. You have to like walk out when you've been shot. This stuff would just hit you and not break. And you don't, <laughs> so you're still out there being shot. <clears throat> and we, the first, so I've played paintball. I've gone paintballing three times. And the, this is the first um, in, uh, scenario I'm giving you. And so we went, my husband got shot in his head. And so it, it, which was horrible because I got shot in my knuckle. I thought my finger was broken. He got shot in his forehead and it blew up like, like a huge knot, which is terrible because we all were like laughing at first until we realized now he has a knot on his head because it was a li- it was funny when he yelled, but not when we saw it, right? It was, <laughs> we just thought he got hit. But you get separated from each other and I got pinned down. Like I was laying on the ground in the woods. Okay. Look like with my gun, like laying on my stomach and I feel like I'm in the military. I've never been in the military, but I totally felt like I was channeling this now until the shooting began. And then I was like, no, 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 no. And they're shooting these paintballs over my head. And I, cause someone can obviously tell that somebody's behind this downed tree log right. and I'm, it's me. And I can hear the, the leaves rustling and they're coming. And I'm like terrified now, like legit. Like I thought <laughs> this is not, this is not paintball. This is like a gun, a real gun. You just poop in your pants. I'm yelling in my little earpiece, telling my friend, come get me. Somebody shoot him. Somebody shoot him. <laughs> Why did I just stay home with the cats? I can't believe I did this to myself. And from that experience, of course, came the story because I was mm. like, I felt it. I really yeah. felt like I was being hunted and it was terrifying, wow. except in the beginning, they threw the smoke bomb, like they sh- threw the smoke bomb really early. My friend and I were laughing. We were not near each other. So we gave away our positions, which is why they ended up pinning us down <laughs> because we started laughing because the smoke's billowing. We're like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like You just blew your smoke wad in the first five minutes. We're like, here all day. What are you doing? That? It was ridiculous. So yeah, that the story came from a real life thing, which to me, in my mind, I mean, as an author, I think that we should, and I think a lot of us do, talk about things that happen in real life, talk about things that scare us, you know, yeah, and that was, makes the story richer. Yeah, it's a great basis for any story. If you can take something, even if it's on the mundane side and, uh, and, uh, just spin a story out of that. It's always awesome. I totally agree. I've done that about, I've, I, I wrote a, I wrote a horror story about uh, weeding this one day. <laughs> I, I, I literally, I don't know if you, you have a bittersweet where you are, but I hate bittersweet a lot and mm. uh, it grows. It's a weed. It grows like underneath the grass mm. and it's, it grows like, like parallel to the surface. And what it does is it reaches out with these tendrils and it, 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 if it finds anything, it will strangle and kill it like a tree or oh. a hedge or something like that. And it will grow up and it will, its leaves will like try to replace the leaves there. So it, it vies for the sun, it steals the sun. And so it's parasitic. So, you know, whatever it's on is going to eventually die. It's just right. like using it to prop itself up essentially and get better sun. Oh. Um but I, I pulled this, I have a picture. I, I pulled this, like, I mean, it was like six feet long, this, this, oh. this gigantic weed out of the ground and it's copper red. That's how, you know, it's definitely bittersweet. It's coppery oh. red when you pull it out of the ground. And, uh, I was obsessed with this stupid bittersweet. I was mm-hmm. obsessed with it. I, when I found out what it was and what, why my 
dogwood was dying and that mm. half the freaking GD leaves on the dogwood weren't even dogwood leaves. Ooh. Let me tell you, I went a little nuts and that that bore a story. So like, it's like, yeah, you know, hey, uh, at least yeah. there was that. And also the conquering. The conquering was also good. Let's uh-huh. be real. Uh-huh. But so, so uh, yeah, that, that sort of thing is just the best if you can take some sort of a actual real life experience you're right it, it's, it's so much more authentic and you put these little things in that you personally felt and went through and that's awesome oh, yeah. absolutely i mean i think you know writing is an extension of i mean it's, it's storytelling right i tell people mm-hmm. all the time i've made this thing up this is completely fake except you think you recognize the street i mean you don't unless you live here and even then you're not really seeing the street i'm talking about i made it up <laughs> you know, there's a couple <laughs> things that might be similar but you know um but if if I can make up something that you think you recognize, then I've done my job. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you did your job because uh, this, I mean, it's, it's won two awards. Midwest Book Reviews calls The Black Hole a true trip into the darkest depths of what mankind is capable of, capable of at its worst. They call the story a classic tale of prey combined with a slasher film, Edge of Your Seat Vibes with a little modern day relevance to keep you unsettled. Freaking awesome. Uh, Really, really cool. So this is a a novella put out by Mocha Memoirs Press. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you, you know, they had nothing to do with the screenplay, obviously, but um, so, so congrats on that. You, you can buy it um, everywhere. I assume, I know you can buy it on the Mocha Memoirs website, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which you should also always do if you can. Go to the yeah, please do. That's a great place to go. Always patronize the, the actual bookseller. But um, Absolutely. You can, it's up for pre-order there right now. And um, oh, that's right. Comes, so it comes out yeah. on the 15th. But this 15th, episode's exactly. going to air slightly after that. Oh, good. So, so as, of the, time you hear this. <laughs> as of the airing of this episode, it's going to be it is, is currently out. Yeah. So you guys can just go get it. Perfect. Pretty cool. Um. So I was going to ask you about the, the writing of this project, but that was like the perfect anecdote. Like that, that was just, uh, that it's like you actually went through it. So are you going to go back and play paintball a fourth time or, or what? No, because the second time I played, it was a work of <laughs> no. no, 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 I'm done. I'm literally finished. Vehemently done. <laughs> like I, I, I got, I was terrified the first time. The second time we didn't even get to really get into it. Well, I, I this time I played in Arizona. So we knew they were just going to pop. It was going to be great. Mm-hmm. but this was a work event and we all got set up and I had this fantastic hiding spot. It was like behind this car. It was awesome. And this guy, you know, they told us we can go and this guy started running and he, he I don't know what happened, but he fell like into like a ditch, a little hole, it wasn't quite a ditch, like a little sink, a little sinking spot within the, the yard and twisted his leg and game's over. Oh, ambulance is now here he's in the hospital we see that's lesson. <laughs> for all for all of those who remember their mom telling them that she didn't want to she was worried they were going to end up in the ditches yeah see see, see that's the ditch he found one of the ditches yeah he, it, his mom i'm terrible. sure told him about the ditches and she's and and he's just like no ma nobody ends up in the ditches and he did yeah well he did. man that's why you so, gotta listen I learned to my mom. lesson I learned my lesson. I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not. <laughs> because Three the times? third time I played, I was way too nervous about everything. <laughs> I was watching all of it. And I'm yeah. like, man, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's too high stress. Uh, yes. It's fine. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just shoot myself in the foot. It'll be. Right. Uh, I'm done. You see the paint? I got shot. There but indoor go. laser tag is all right. I'll do that. But I'm not doing. I'm not doing. <laughs> I was a, you know, as a kid, even though I never did, uh, I never did paintball, but I was, I was a big Nerf War fan, like, uh, like mm. friends of friends of uh, uh, mine and and myself, we we had, you know, tons of Nerf guns, and we were we were kids in the '90s, and there was a line of Nerf guns. It was called the Nerf Max Force line, and oh my god, they were so awesome, and they <laughs> shot uh, exclusively. They ca- they came out with the Dart around that time mm-hmm. the nerf dart which has a suction cup at the end there you know a little dart mm-hmm. and uh they fit everything everything just shot the darts so it was it was amazing everybody could just bring all the and you could just buy extra darts and just everybody brings their guns and we just we'd play in pitch dark 
in my poor mm-hmm. mom's house and we mm-hmm. would like you know probably do it at like two in the morning so she See, really no. appreciated that um no, but that no. was the same sort of like it was intense right it was like super intense and we took it really seriously and it was on our system and everybody like you know was good about it but um you had like hit points it was really it was fun i think that was like my my taste of that sort of life that sort of thing. yeah i don't i can see that i'm not cut out for that i i don't understand how and it just takes a special person because the guy who had the sidearm he was cut out for it he yeah, had a sidearm oh my god i mean i mean the smoke bomb guys just need to go and figure some stuff out yeah, because you don't i mean to do that i mean it's okay if you're going to use it like strategically you right. don't just like explode it for no reason come on right now oh, i got a smoke bomb here it is i mean i'm like come on hold it wait <laughs> <There's> no <clears throat> need for this. i feel bad for how stupid you look mm-hmm. exploding that smoke bomb in the first five seconds but the um, giggling probably didn't i mean it did that wasn't the intended result from my team i mean i'm sure my <laughs> the, the guys in our team were like see this is why you don't bring the two with it. especially us because we laugh too much my friend and i <laughs> like don't bring the two of them don't bring them (laughs) there can be no stealth when you come lisa i'm just laughing we need like the stage whisper is so loud when i'm doing it (laughs) (laughs) hey can you pass the can you pass the candy i brought to bring snacks it's horrible it's horrible i got some sour patch kids what do you got Right, and I never, like, it's too long, too. I talk, like, in full sentences. There's no, like, <laughs> bridging it. I literally am saying whatever I would have said at normal volume, just loudly whispering it. And I'm like, that's not right either. I can hear it, but it's still happening. I had this amazing <laughs> dream last night, and, and Gary Cooper was there, and he had this, this <laughs> huge balloon snuffle up against. I don't know. And, and your friend's like, Lisa, is this, is this really necessary right now? Right now, you're telling me that? And you're like, it's quick. It's quick. Don't worry. Oh, my um, God. It's never um, quick. You have to know that. So uh, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty funny. That's awesome. Well, at least you tried it. You know, hey, you know, it's always, uh, always cool to try new stuff. You know, hey. Right, and you yeah. got the story out of it. Got the got award-winning the, the award winning story, The Black Hole. Definitely encourage you guys to check that out. Um, right now, it's, uh, it's out. It's out. I'll say it again. It's out. And always support local small press publishers whenever you can. Um, I'm not saying keep the money away from Amazon, but definitely do that. So, yes, I am saying that. Um, Anyway, so writing. So you write everything that there is to write. Uh, Or you're also you've written you've done blog posts. You've done uh, I think you've done academic writing as well. And just literally every possible thing novels novellas screenplays poetry uh so what what do you like writing the best like you it seems to be that you go between novels novellas and screenplays from what i could tell online it seemed to be the the bulk of it uh what's what's your favorite thing what's your go-to i i go in spurts but my favorite thing is to be sure (laughs) because <laughs> two of them are very close. My favorite thing is probably a novel. I love the novel okay. because it gives you so much space. Yeah. And you can develop, like, you know, the, the wall, half of my wall is orange. And I could, you know, really describe that orange because you say orange and there's like 50 shades of orange, right? So you can't, I want to give you a specific shade and I can describe that shade and get that out. But if I'm writing a screenplay, it's just an orange wall. Let's move on. Literally, that's it. It's just orange. You decide. Who cares? Right? So unless it's really important, it's just not. So therefore, it's orange. That's a really and, fantastic way of describing that. that yeah. Is, I mean, I'm it's, it's like really good. two different sides of the brain. Yeah. Right? So right. Um, I love, love, love now. I really, really do. Short stories are fun. I've written like 164 short wow. stories. Wow. Yeah. God. But again, I told you, I don't write those really long. I mean, short when I say short. Like, okay. I write flash fiction. But flash fiction, again, it's 1,500 words. So I like the whole coming into the story in the middle. And what I'm trying to think of the, the technical term for that in media, in media res. It's coming into the story in the middle. So I'm in the middle of the action. We don't, there's not a whole lot of buildup in my shorts. I didn't, I never, I've never heard that word, but that's, that's my thing. I always Mm -hmm. do that. 
Oh, what? yeah. In media res? What? In media res. It's actually three words. Oh. In I, media res. Steve is a dumb guy. It's it's uh, three <laughs> words. You just, I think you just gave four of them. Oh, four. Anyway. See? See, there you go. I mean... <laughs> No, but yeah, it's actually it was, five. It's five words. We're both dumb. Right? See, yeah, we're both dumb. I really. mean, I'm double dumb, but you know, I'm just, double, well, just we saying. are double dumb. It's, it's okay. That, that, that works. It's Baby. okay. Slayers forever. It's fine. Yeah. That's right. Um, but you know, I mean, I like. I think that so for my short stories, I just kind of do that, and I can get out a real quick quick idea that I know is not going to get fleshed out into something really, really long. But it's a really good idea. You know, it's a good story that I can build upon. Right. Um, but novels, I just love the space that you can have to really tell us, a, you know, a long story. Academic writing is fun. <clears throat> and it, you do have space, but it's not the kind of, same kind of writing. <laughs> it's a whole sure. different kind of thing. Whole different thing. But it's scratching, it's scratching something whole and different and that, you know, the other thing's right. not, not touching. So there's that. Um, I just sure. looked it up. Yes. In, in medias res. Um, yeah. Fascinating. I never knew there was a term for it. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah. you've educated me, Lisa, there right are. now in there real time are. on my own show. I love in it. Real time. It's amazing. That's right. It's amazing. Uh, that is, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. In case you think I'm being sarcastic, I always sound this way. And I'm actually truly being uh, very, very serious. I did not know that, but I think that that is truly fascinating and uh, that it's actually a thing. But yeah, starting yeah. in the middle of the story, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like what I, I guess I like about the idea of George Lucas saying, yeah, I'm going to start the story in episode four mm-hmm. because that's the part that I like. That's mm-hmm. the part I want to tell. Yeah. And uh, and it's sort of like that same idea, like, well, well, you know, yeah, you could learn all the stuff, but like just this is the story I want to tell. And that's, you know, where it gets good and whatever. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Very I think short stories do really well when people do that. Absolutely. I, you don't have enough room, especially in flash fiction. You don't have any of that room to give all that backstory that you really need to be able to connect with a character. Sure. Right. But if someone is in peril and you put that right out there, you're going to connect because you're a person too. If someone's hanging off a cliff, you're going to feel something, mm-hmm. you know? So therefore you don't need the backstory. You'll get to it. Why they, why are they hanging off a cliff? But the fact that they're hanging off the cliff, you're automatically in. So I, don't know, I like it. I like it too. I, I, uh, I think maybe somebody should start a novel with a guy hanging off a cliff. There you go. I there mean, just, go. just start that novel. I don't know what it would be, but uh, why the hell not? You know, just, just the whole thing. And I could call it, call it hung. And, uh, and uh, it just be about, uh, it's just, it's just not what you assume. It's just about a guy who starts the book by hanging off clip. Um, why not? So uh, here first, folks, see, I can even get it out. See, you heard it here first, folks. folks. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I wonder this a lot about, you know, people who are not writing for Hollywood. Um, when you write uh, a screenplay, do you do you tend to keep in mind things like budget and cost and sets and how many actors and effects and all that stuff? Or are you just like saying, screw it, this one's going to need about 300K to pull off and I don't give a shit. I'm writing the damn thing. Yeah, that's exactly no, uh, number two. Number two. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I write to just to get the story out. You know, the fact is you have you have a screenplay. If you're lucky enough to sell it, then someone's going to look at it and strip it of half of the stuff and <laughs> rewrite some things, move scenes around. Then the story only kind of resembles yours anyway. You know, um, if you present produce it yourself, then you can have more control over what's going to happen there. I don't write with any either one of those focuses in mind. My focus is always the story mm-hmm. and what someone, if someone were to buy it or someone were to, you know, whatever, fund it. I, you know, we, th- those conversations can happen after the story's done for me, for me. And I know, I know a lot of people are like, I'm writing to budget. I'm writing to, and that's good. That's good for them. But that's just not how I'm approaching it. I mean, Hey, all the power to you, like shoot for the stars. Right. I mean, that's, that's uh, I, it's just always something that I've thought about um, with like certain things that I've done. I'm like, you know, this is just not filmable. It's just not practical. And then it's like, you know, this this all takes place in a in a house. This mm-hmm. we could do this. We could get some mm-hmm. friends. We could do this. You know, 
Yeah, but as a psychological horror author, there are not a lot of explosions. I mean, one of my screenplays had a lot of explosions, but or or one big explosion. Let's put it that way. And so, but but psychological horror is easier to pull off than an action flick like that, right? Mm -hmm. Or you, I don't need all of that for my work, typically. Um, so. Yeah, you saying something's all happening in a house? I've got a certain place like that. It's all happening in a house. And you yeah. can just go ahead and never even leave it. You can even use, if you got a, a place that works, you could use the facade and the indoor and, and call it done. But, um, you know, I think it depends on what you're trying to write. True. And what your intention is. And if it's just, you know, uh, I mean, I think, I guess it's the, the difference between, you know, if you're writing to budget you're you're trying to sell it specifically so that's the most important thing right so it's it's the difference mm -hmm. between you know is it marketability and uh or sellability and art for art's sake right mm -hmm. so art for art's sake you're not even you don't even care it's like whatever i will write a space opera with a <laughs> cast of millions and uh you know you have to resurrect gary cooper he's got to be in it and I mean, uh you know i mean we're gonna need cg cooper that's what we need um yeah, they're doing it now so whatever <laughs> and we got cg luke we can have like cg it's creepy i don't want cg dead people like they did no. they did uh peter cushing grand moff tarkin yeah. in rogue one and uh, you know it's like i i appreciated that on one level and was creeped out on another level as a fan of peter cushing i was like you know it, it i sort of sort of have a single perfect tear coming down my cheek a <laughs> little, little bit a little, little single perfect you've tear got the, you've got the glory tear uh yeah just a very manly single perfect glory tear oh my down. gosh uh, no and, i i was but, so distracted when i saw that i did not like it yeah and i didn't know what my thoughts would be right but i was like no i don't like this at all like yeah. not even a little bit so yeah i agree with you I've, I've heard they do these they could do these concerts with like tupac and also michael jackson and do it all in this hologram thing and i'm like no i don't want to i don't want to see that uh yeah so that um you know it's really really interesting we talked that um it's not truly a hologram they sell it as a hologram we had an episode um last season we had a guy named travis come on and he's a he's a holographer from laser boy hollow and uh he was he creates holograms like the actual like the little you get those like comic book cards and it's mm -hmm. like a 3d guy and he's like it's like wolverine and he's like yeah my claws they're they're coming at you or those uh, are neat i like those things but then uh, again like, i'm a child of a certain age i mean you know look <laughs> right those those were very popular at a certain point those were, were very popular in the 80s and and so he makes those he was talking about the concerts and tupac and michael jackson there's also uh ronnie james dio and uh it's it's a uh, it's an old stage magician trick that that's like hundreds of years old hmm. um that they it's supposedly i think he was saying it goes back to like shakespeare days like it's very old and you would be able you can accomplish it with mirrors or something and it, it it's projecting onto like like i don't remember it, it was very interesting but it was like a year ago i i can't remember what i had for for lunch on tuesday right? what day is it today i don't know <laughs> i don't even know <laughs> uh but very interesting stuff but that's that's one of those weird things that it's uh it's miss it's a misnomer but that's actually old stage trick but wow. uh, just 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 random knowledge, you know, yeah, right? because, you know, you taught me stuff. I want to I just want to impart something. Yeah, I want you, you to walk me. away with something. So, I, I definitely have walked away with that now. So I now, also still say I don't want to see it, though. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's yeah, creepy. It's creepy. It's, it's creepy. creepy and weird. Um, I mean, but so then there's this uh, interactive, uh, immersive Van Gogh exhibit. So mm -hmm. where does the line get drawn? Because mm -hmm. um, this is touring around the country. My wife uh, just went to it. She took my mom for her birthday. And that was apparently amazing. Uh, a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago, they, they got to go and you go into these rooms and they have projectors uh, projecting the, the paintings on every surface. So the wall, the ceiling, the floor, all the walls, everything. And you're just sort of in it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's like you're in Starry Night, every surface you you look on. And it's not just the same picture. It's like components of Starry Night. It really feels like you're in it. And the way that they do it is very, very creative. So it's like, well, well, where's the line? Because is that OK? But seeing a projection of Tupac, not OK? You know, it's, yeah. it's sort of like I'm going to answer it outright. <laughs> cele celebrating the, the, the person and the work 
and in in a creative way but yeah one's okay one's not it's it's weird i don't know i i also wouldn't pay to go to see one of those those quote unquote holographic uh musician shows there the concerts they're just kind of weird but uh We'll see a concert. Let's see. Okay, the Van Gogh exhibit sounds cool, but the it's not Van Gogh standing there saying thank you for coming and looking at my art either. Right? That is okay. That is true. It's you know, it's, it's, it's the work, not the man. You're that is right. A, you're right. You know, I don't want to see Tupac can't interact with us if we say you know sing. You know, I get around, but he can't just launch into it because we said let's sing that now. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I don't. I don't think that. I don't know. I like when P- Peter Cushing's thing, the whole. I was like, why is he CGI'd into this? He, we did not need him there. It was an unnecessary inclusion, and I just didn't like it. It felt weird. It felt, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes it's okay to you know be nostalgic and miss a character and be you know sad about the passage of time. And now you look and so many people have passed away and they can't be involved in whatever's happening now. But that is also the fact, right? We can't go backwards and put them in the movie. That's right. <laughs> I mean, just imagine what's his family thinking when they go to the movie and they have to watch that. You know what? Yeah, I, and I, I, I think that, that I think it, it if it starts to become too prevalent, you could end up with people not respecting uh, the family at all. So Peter Cushing mm-hmm. died in like ninety one or ninety two. Yeah, but you could have somebody like you know Sidney Poitier or somebody who just passed away a few years ago, you know, just show up and, uh, well, didn't that happen with Carrie Fisher? They did the same thing. She was CGI. Oh, I was like, Oh, yeah, true. So no, I think in rogue one, she was still alive though. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. so that was that. And then, I mean, I think for, so I guess you're talking about, what is it? The, the rise of Skywalker. Right. Right. They had, but they had to, they had to do that just, just to finish the movie that, she was in yes but i think they could have there was time to change the scene we got a lot of you know when people used to die in movies we would get a stand-in actor or actress Mm -hmm. who would just sort of be like in profile or whatever and they wouldn't be looking directly at the camera and having a conversation in cgi form and i think that it was so obvious that she didn't shoot those scenes yeah. That I felt like there, there was time. If you have time enough to create the CGI, you have time enough to change the change the lines, you know, yeah. and just make it so that she's not conversing so much directly at the screen. I thought that was just her. I just it, I didn't like it. <laughs> so it's it's really so funny that the conversation has taken us here, but here we are. Uh, right. So I, I, now <laughs> I want to know. Um, now, are you have you watched um, like The Mandalorian? and book of boba fett okay so i'm, I'm no, curious to know what you think of the because there's a difference um between because they did this technology with luke and mm-hmm. they did it two different ways and at the end of the mandalorian he's one way and his appearance in the book of boba fett was the second way was the deep fake technology and i'm just curious i was curious but you haven't seen it i um, haven't seen it and i won't though i mean i think that i'm i'm one of those um I don't know how to, I'm a Star Trek fan, but not a Star Wars fan, Star Trek and Wars, both of them. In, in, if they were to do this with Star Trek, I'd feel the same way today. Sure. I'm a Star Wars fan in that I like when the originals were out, you know, going four with the original order, four, five, six. And then I did not care for one and two, one and two. I just really, it's, it's, there's the inclusion of some of the, you know, I just, Jar Jar Binks bothers me and I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> I just, <laughs> not get through it but i watched them yeah but four five and six are what i grew up on right yeah and so i really like those and i mm-hmm. think those are the better ones they're the best yes. and i'll watch those any day Absolutely. i have not liked any of the spinoffs i have a friend who's read all the books and you know was telling me about the clone wars and i'm like that sounds great i don't literally don't want to <laughs> right because it's not the original storyline and i think that i am not that much of a fantasy or science fiction fan gotcha. to dive into either one like really except growing up star wars was the thing to be watching you had to be watching star wars how could you right. not you know right. everyone loved star wars but it, it was a global phenomenon it was you know, a pretty big deal well all right some, let's I mean, some of the new things they added like I, i'm telling you now i just jar jar annoy i just had a problem and then the um i don't want to put any spoilers out there but han solo was my favorite character me too, yeah. 
And so then when I see what occurs, I was like, wait a minute. I was up in arms. I was like, done. <laughs> I don't want to give any spoilers, but I was like, this movie, I'm about to walk out of here. There's no way. <laughs> I was so finished. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, uh, it, you know, it. I don't hate the sequels like a lot of people hate the sequels. I fully admit their problems, um, but I... I don't hate them. I didn't even hate what happened to him in, in um, the force awakens. But what I did really hate was the fact that he was just uh, there with like people he met five minutes ago. Yeah. Um, And the, the extra like nail in the coffin for me was after it happens, the only friend that he had there was Chewie and Chewie should have been so wrecked. Yeah. I wanted to see che- now he Chewie saw it and he, you know he let out a howl but big deal that's just how he says hi exactly you know, I mean, he should have gone on the berserker wookie rampage that we all deserve mm-hmm. and it should have lasted like 10 freaking minutes yeah. and then when they got back uh you know Leia walks right past Chewie yeah. And like barely acknowledges his existence and goes to Ray and consoles Ray, who just met Han Solo like the other day. Right. She should have done the opposite. It should have mm-hmm. been like, oh, I'm sorry, dear. I have to take care of this Wookiee. Exactly. And the continuity in writing wasn't there. That, that, even though I enjoy the movies uh, more than most, uh, I. I have such a hard time forgiving that mm-hmm. all, all, there's so many other things that could be mentioned. Sure. But that one absolutely kills me. The fact that Chewie is still after all these years, just an afterthought who's there when you need him, and we don't have to treat him like a real character. Exactly. That's ridiculous. And, mm. and there's Kylo Ren. Those are two things I can't, those are the two things I really can't forgive. I was like, really? We had Darth Vader and now we have Kylo Ren. You know what? Um, I think he had a pretty good arc overall. I like his uh, I like his turnaround in the third one quite a bit. Darth but hey, Vader. I, I you know what? You know, we don't all have to like the same stuff, Lisa. That's true. And I did like Anakin for a little while when it was just Anakin, when he was being, you know, in the one, two and three, when he was young, you know, Darth, oh. before he became Darth Vader. Oh, I, I didn't mind that that one. That was a that wasn't so bad. Oh boy! See, Anakin, Anakin Padme thing was all right. Oh God! <laughs> oh, you're losing me big. You're losing me so hard. Anakin was Anakin was better in the in the Clone Wars show. He definitely um, was was less whiny bitch and more actual like you know character that I could actually give a shit about when he turns evil. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I had to have something because Jar Jar was killing me. I had to get through it. Jar Jar, Jar Jar is bad. Jar Jar is bad. You know, I don't like to rag on Jar Jar for two reasons. I, I truly, truly think what happened to Ahmed Best is disproportionately terrible. And uh, like literally the guy, you know, was was so affected by all the negative, you know, reactions from fans over the years. I mean, he, he contemplated suicide. He was like really spiraled uh, from the neg- negative reaction. And it just it just oh. proves how shitty people are as fans you know right. that they they just and it, you know it happened again with uh the lady kelly tran the lady who played rose and and it's, it's just i mean not to the same exact degree but um i mean just really really rough and also the lady who uh who designed jar jar and like every single other creature in the phantom menace we've had on the show so um and that's terrell whitlatch and uh she is just she is just a delight she's a lovely wow. woman and uh that was really cool but so i i try not to rag on jar jar but i i i'm i'm right there with you like uh you know we well, all are sad about what that's you rough. just said i had no idea about that stuff that's terrible uh, i just yeah. think that it's just a character like i'm not blaming the person i'm talking about the fans like come on it's just a Pe- character right <laughs> right we but can't pe- be that serious about right. it right we shouldn't be that serious about it no people people were sending him like hate mail and for for like like a decade 
Like, what he's doing the role you, he was paid to you do. Ruined, you ruined Star Wars, you know, oh this kind of stuff. Goodness. Really, oh, really terrible. just ridiculous. So, um, you know, people suck. Genius. And it, as much as you don't like a character in a freaking movie, like, you know, there's, there's nothing in the world that gives you the right to, you know, harass another human being. So, um, Not at all. Oh so, my gosh. so if we leave Star Wars there, uh, let's, we're, we're, we're kind of, close to time here so i uh we were talking about a, a movie before we started recording that you're you're a big fan of this movie and uh i wanted to just get a get, a, get to talk about that a little bit because we like to talk nostalgia obviously we somehow ended up working all the star wars talk <laughs> just completely <laughs> unplanned but let's talk about your actual pick of your uh your old favorite movie i think you said of all time so tell us what that is Angel Heart. I absolutely love that movie. Oh, it, it, because it has all of the elements, psychological horror. Like I told you, that's my thing. Yeah. And, you know, first of all, okay, De Niro is the devil. First of all, first okay. and foremost, De Niro is the devil. So I know <laughs> nothing about this movie other than it's the movie that everybody had the hots for Mickey Rourke from. He was amazing in that movie. I, mean, I can't even blame people for that one. He was amazing in that movie. Really. I mean, like, that role was made for him, honestly. He was stellar. Everyone was. Everyone was. Um, I may go watch it right after this. You should watch it. It is uh, really good. It's, it's, it's been it's been on my list for a while. So I so tell me about the movie a little bit. Don't you know? No no heavy spoilers. But like so, psychological horror involves yeah. the devil. So yeah. what what kind of movie is this? Well, so and just the premise is that this guy, you know. Um, He's a singer, right? He's a very successful singer. But you've heard the old story about you sell your soul to the devil so you can get success. And this sure. guy, you know, seemingly has done that. And now he's trying to, like, not pay the pay the fee, <laughs> if you will. And he's trying to run from the devil. And you, you see that. But it's not just because you have that as a premise, but you don't actually realize it. Like, you know what you read on the box, you know what you read on the, the description on Netflix and you, you say to yourself, okay, I see what's coming, but you don't, you really can't see it. It does not come clear. And you're in the main character's head the whole time. You're like living it through this guy who happens to be Mickey Rourke. And it is so, because that's why he's so good. He is so expressive. You know, you totally and fully believe his performance. He became the role. He was Harry Angel. And it was beautiful. I just awesome. can't. It's dark. It's like noir, um, psychological horror. It's Love uh, it. like dim, dingy. You know, there's this, there's a religious component that gets challenged. It's, um, I'm from New York originally. So there's some New York streets going on that I keep going. I know where that is. Don't I? Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, they made it up. They made it. You think you know, but they made it up. Right. But you definitely, the, 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 there's an interesting scene that, that reminds me of something that happens in real life that you know, it just happens in, in certain churches. And you, you have all of that mixture of, you know, the, the traditional religion versus, you know, the, what, when they go down uh, south and that's when you meet Lisa Bonet and she's doing a different type of religion. I don't want to give too much away here, but, you know, um, you have that sort of dichotomy and you've got to like navigate all of that. And this guy is like, I don't know. I'm just here to do a job. Okay, folks? <laughs> <laughs> and he does such a fantastic, there's not a moment where I felt like anything was gratuitous. It was on point. And it's, it's perfect. It was a perfect, perfect. movie. Chef's I find kiss. something new every time I read, every time I watch it. And I I've that. watched it like 30 times, 30, 40 times. Oh my God. I love that so much. When there's mm -hmm. a, an experience like that, you find this film. Uh, I, I love, I love when that happens. That's just kismet, you know, like it's, it's, you are meant to be together, you and that film yep. uh, to watch it that many times. And there's, it still speaks to you after all this time. It's so cool. Yep. yep. I, I, you know, I, I think that this movie is actually on Amazon prime for free right now because I, I just, I'm, I'm not shitting you, Lisa. I, I literally was going to watch this the other day because it has been on my list forever just because I, I love old movies. Not that this is an old movie. Not old, old. It's 80s. They, they don't know why we're saying that. I'm going to put it out there. I said, if I was alive when a movie came out, it's not old. Same not with old. a song. If I was alive, it's not old. I'm like, not 
I'm not, I live in the delusion. I don't actually care. Whatever. So my, <laughs> I was alive when this movie came out. That's right. That's right. My favorite movie of all time is The Old Dark House, and that is from 1932. Now that is freaking old. 1980 old. something or another is not that old. So, right. But you said The Old Dark House. I'll check that out. I'd love to hear more about that one. Sure. Uh, uh, Boris Karloff is in it. Uh, you'll find it. Awesome. It's, uh, it's actually directed by James Whale, who directed Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. And uh, it has Ernest Thesiger in it, who is just one of my favorite all-time people who have ever been filmed. Um, if you've ever seen The Bride of Frankenstein, he plays um, Dr. Pretorius, the evil, the second doctor. He's the evil doctor in that. And uh, he is just so funny. And and if you think, for those people who think that um, horror and comedy don't mix... At mm-hmm. least know that it is not a new invention, right. and that the uh, in film horror and comedy at least goes back to the Cat in the Canary, which was 1926, and that was a silent film. There might be earlier examples. I have not found them, but uh, that is like an outright horror comedy. Like it's wow. not even questionable. So this is also. Uh, this is a little bit more subtle, I guess, but I, to me, I, I laugh. I, uh, I'm thrilled at their, it's one of those things like if, if, if there's the comedy is done well, but the acting is also done well, it's like nice. there can be dramatic scenes. Um, and, uh, like something like Spaceballs, you're not going to get too many dramatic scenes in Spaceballs. Like, you know, it's all comedy, exactly. but certain, certain things can do both. But this, mm-hmm. yeah, Old Dark House is my favorite movie ever. But I will, I think that, um, I think that Angel Heart is actually free on Prime right now. That's a bonus. It's a great movie. I'm telling you, it is a great, literally, please let me know what you think after you sure. watch it. It is so, I, I love it. I love it. So, and I don't think I saw it in 86. I mean, I would have been a little young. I'd have to sneak out for that one, but I definitely saw it. I think I was in college or just going to college. My, my undergraduate degrees in film production. So I watched a lot of oh, movies, you know. Nice. Right. I mean, so I, I watched a whole lot of things. I just don't know if it was before or after. So you're doing My nickname ex- used to be Spike Ed. Because I was supposed to be like Spike Lee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Spike Ed. I mean, that's not the best nickname. They could have been. No. They could have been a little bit more clever. It's terrible. I was like, <laughs> oh, Spike Ed. <laughs> the fuck's an it? <laughs> it was just terrible. Like, Come on, whatever. <laughs> um, but so yeah, so check out check out Angel Heart. Uh, Check out all of the good stuff. Um, before we get out of here, Lisa, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been really fun uh, talking with you and hanging out. And uh, I hope you had a good time. Oh, yeah. uh, is there uh, anything else you want to tell the people listening? Where can they find you? Uh, where can they find your stuff? Just all the things. Just go for it. Yeah, I mean, I, if you wanna, if you're interested in like reading back cover copy and like getting a little bit deeper into what the work is, you should go to my website. It's elmariewood.com. If you just feel like chatting, I have a, I'm on Twitter at elmariewood1, the number one. And on Facebook, and that's that group we were talking about earlier. So it's Mm facebook.com slash elmariewood. Because apparently I took a class that said branding was important. And so now everything is just elmariewood. Elmariewood. Right? Why not? Um, uh, You can buy most of my things at bookshop i want to say bookshop also you can buy a little bit of stuff at target.com nice. you can buy yeah that's kind of neat you can buy of course amazon and the booksellers you know i and the book uh, the publishers i should say so mocha has both telecommuting and the black hole so i would definitely look there nice yeah that's mocha memoirs press and just for clarification it is l marie wood the l is the letter l it's funny because uh when i said when you're right before this interview my daughters uh, were downstairs and my wife and everybody's just kind of eating supper. And it's like, Oh, who are you interviewing tonight? And I said, Oh, her name's, her name's uh, Lisa. She goes by Elmarie Wood. And they're like, and one of the, one of the daughters was like, wait a minute, you're interviewing Elle Woods. And I'm like, no, oh. no, 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 not Elle Woods. Cause of course that's legally blonde. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's not L. E L L E. It's and, awesome. and I'm like, no, no, it's L for Lisa. 
And they're like, oh, it's the letter L. <laughs> so th- that's literally the conversation I just had. So I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> you are not actually legally blonde. No, no. And right now I'm not even blonde. Not even at all. I've been blonde, but I'm not I blonde now. It's been a while. Um, well, <laughs> You know, if you ever, if you ever, you know, do become legally blonde or uh, want to come back on the show, you're more than welcome. Thank you once again for for coming on the show. It's been fun. I I will I will unlock the door and let you out of the brig. And, I uh, just be free. Just be free to create and win all the awards. I have because, a cramp in my leg, though. Yeah. Well, I told you not. <laughs> you know, I told you the chase had you know was missing a foot. I don't know what you did. It's it's all my fault. Uh, I, I was trying to be nice and I screwed it up again. That's what I always do. All right, guys. Well, uh, I, we're going to get out of here before I just ramble on for another 25 minutes. Um, thank you very much. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we hope you appreciate uh, and love and just adore this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome with Elle Marie Wood. I hope you go check out her website and buy all her stuff. She's really a talented lady. And, uh, you know, hey, if, if you get to elmeriewood.com and you want to click on about me and awards and recognition you're going to be like blinded it's going to be like it's going to a mac truck a solid wall of awards is just going to just smack you in the face and then you're going to be you're going to wake up on the ground like i did like five minutes later and then you're going to be you're like wait what hit me and you look at the screen again you're like oh my god oh my god it can't be that many but uh my face is so hot right now Good night. Thank you for listening and have a good one, everybody. Thank you so much. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, The New and Improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews, The Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the... last 20 minutes of the movie that's what the game is it's fucking monsters tearing up a a fucking city secret underground hideout cinema with Harrison Smith dorks the podcast the dorkening black and white fright the wicked horror show subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found for more information check out thedorkening.com